you have a hard time keeping track of calories in. And that's why, you know, this sort of search for the diet that works for you is such a personal thing because one of the cool things that has come out of metabolism research in the last 10 years, all of the genes that are related to obesity, guess where they're active? They're active in your brain because that's where the rubber hits the road. You know, that's where, do I feel full? Do I need to ramp up my metabolism, ramp it down, right? All of those decisions are getting made in your brain, in, in parts of your brain that you don't have access to, by the way, you can't sort of think your way through it, giving yourself a diet, putting a food in your house that makes you feel full on a healthy number of calories. That's, I think, what you probably have the most control of in terms of energy. In. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 44 of Be More Well. This week, I'm speaking with Dr. Herman Ponser. He's got a new book out that basically changes the way we understand how to burn calories. Fascinating stuff. But first, Be More Well is a wellness-focused podcast hosted by me, Jeff St. Pierre. Now, what do I know about wellness? Almost nothing. But that's exactly why I started this podcast. I wanted to talk to people from all across the wellness spectrum. Anyone who's got a story to tell about how they've found mindfulness and wellness in their life and folks that have been doing the research to help us live our best lives. Ultimately, my goal here is to provide you with some information and some inspiration that will help you be happier, healthier, less stressed, more mindful. I just want you all to be more well. So I'm 40 years old, and for the majority of my life, I've been overweight. I've always been a little bit bigger, sometimes more than others. I think I'm at one of those moments right now, as a matter of fact. Thanks a lot, pandemic. Yeah. Uh, whenever I've decided to drop some pounds, though, or try to take back control of my health, the first step usually seems to be consuming less calories, and the second is getting more exercise. I mean, makes sense, right? Less calories in, more calories burning out. It's the strategy that we've known for all of eternity. Turns out, though, what we thought we knew wasn't necessarily true. Sure, if you start working out, eating a little bit better, you're going to lose weight, and you're going to be stoked with your progress. But we've all heard that term plateau before. It's that point that you hit after a bit of time of weight loss uh, where you stop seeing the results. It's also the point where most people get up because they get sick of not seeing results. We love instant results, right? That plateau is your body's way of readjusting. Your body doesn't like it when you starve it. It wants to keep that weight. It's really an evolutionary survival tactic, so you don't starve, but it's very annoying when you're looking to drop some pounds. Dr. Herman Ponser is an anthropologist and not some super diet expert, and that's why I appreciate his work so much. In his research, he found some fascinating stuff about how exercise doesn't increase our metabolism, and our metabolism doesn't necessarily slow as we get older. We have so much more control over that stuff than we ever realized. Ultimately, it all comes down to food and what we put into our bodies. A great example is something like you can't really eat a piece of cake because you had a good day at the gym. That's not how your body works, despite the fact that we've been taught things like that forever. Dr. Ponser's new book titled Burn, New Research Blows the Lid Off How We Really Burn Calories, Stay Healthy, and Lose Weight is some really interesting stuff. And I'll be honest, it's a huge book and there's a lot of science in it, but I think it can really open your mind to how to live your healthiest life. Now, before we jump into this conversation, I do have a couple of quick things. Be sure to follow Be More Well on whatever platform you're using right now. Subscribe to the podcast. That way you'll be notified of all future episodes and updates. 
I would appreciate it if you could rate and review the show. Uh, that kind of interaction really helps the podcast powers that be know which shows are making an impact, and it helps to suggest them out to new listeners. So it really would be amazing if you could take a minute and rate and review. I'm on social media. You want to check us out? You can find us on Instagram at Be More Well Podcast. Please feel free to send a DM with any comments or questions or even guest or topic ideas. I love to hear from you guys about what you want to learn more about. Oh, and lastly, during this conversation, we talk about getting vaccinated. I did record this a few weeks ago, and at the time, I was not fully vaccinated. I am now. Just throw that out there. Uh, so I was listening to you talk to somebody else before, and you said your book is kind of like the anti-diet book. And I like <laughs> I like yeah. the way that you worded that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I was look, I'm a scientist, you know, and when this is all over and done, I'm going to go back to being, a, a, you know, a lowly scientist. Um that's where I feel comfortable. So I don't want to lose my cred, you know, man. I didn't want to like uh, if people think, oh, he sold out. What a what a loser. Um, so it was important to me that that it, I didn't, you know, say anything I didn't mean, and that meant not doing a diet book where you know there's a, a menu chapter and the whole thing because I think that'd just be, you know, all that fad diet stuff. It is literally designed to fail, basically, you know. And it's because, hey, man, surprise, surprise, if it doesn't work that way, it's complicated, you know. So. Um, so if, if I could inject a little bit of reality into the whole conversation, then that's a win. Well, it is so funny when you see these fad diets pop up. And I know that I've played victim to them before. You know, I've jumped on board one here and there. I remember specifically, you know, almost two decades ago now, doing the Atkins diet when that was like the hot thing. And I was like, well, this yeah, is yeah. great. I can eat a lot of eggs, bacon, and cheese all day long. And this is going to yeah. help me lose weight. And you think back <laughs> on it now and you're like, what a terrible idea that that was for me at that time in my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, it's, yeah, you can be unhealthy on a whole lot of different diets. You know, it's sort of the flip side of like, you can be healthy on a lot of diets. Well, you can be unhealthy on a lot of diets too. So the book is called Burn, and I want you to read the subtitle uh, because I've also heard you kind of make fun of this before uh, a little bit. <laughs> and I know uh, it's your book, so you're allowed to say whatever you want about it. But uh, I, I like, I, I like, first of all, how long it is, which I think is fantastic. So you go ahead and take it away. <laughs> um. Oh, you don't have it with you. Got me. I don't have. I don't have the book on. All right. right well, now. I'll I'll go ahead and say it. It's called "New Research Blows the Lid Off How We Really Burn Calories, Lose Weight, and Stay Healthy." So, where did the subtitle come from for this? That's right. When I when I pitched the book, you know the uh, the subtitle was "The New Science of Human Metabolism," which I thought was already kind of you know edgy, <laughs> pushing it out there. <laughs> uh, and the publisher said, yeah, "That that's lovely," but. Um, you, you do want people to read the book, right? And I said, well, yeah, yeah, of course. And I said, well, then you probably ought to have something in there that it gets people excited to read the book and, you know, and diet and exercise and health are, the, are all the reasons. And, um, and I don't, yeah, I, I agree. Those are all the reasons you should be interested in your, in your metabolism. Um, so they, they wrote that very, uh, that very catchy <laughs> and long subtitle for me. Uh, and I don't mind that at all. They're, that's, they're in the business of selling books, and, and hopefully they, they made the right decision on that one. Well, you've got a lot of really fantastic information in here, and I do hope that people pick it up. And I'll be totally straight up with you. I have not finished the book. Um, I've had to jump around a little bit uh, because mm -hmm. there is so much information that when I read it, I want to make sure I'm retaining it. So I can't just blow through this uh, like some novel or something like that. Like I really want to, to understand it. And one of the biggest things in here that I walked away from is just calories in general and how we take them in and how we burn them. Because traditionally, we're so taught that, okay, you want to lose weight. All right, you eat 
certain amount of calories, then you exercise and you'll burn a certain amount of calories and all that is going to work. But, but that's really not what your research found. Yeah. I mean, so let's start first of all, with the way you burn calories, right? We're all taught that the way you burn calories is you go to the gym Mm -hmm. or you go for a run and, and, you know, the focus is on activity. And of course that's what we're most aware of. You know, you go exercise, your heart rate goes up. It feels hard and you're sweating and that's how you're aware of those calories being burned. Um, but even if you're an active person, all that exercise and activity that you do, it still is, you know, less than half of the energy that you burn every day. Most of the energy that you burn every day is on stuff that you aren't even aware of. You know, your brain, your brain burns the energy equivalent of a 5K every day, mm. right? Um, your liver, your yeah, immune system, you know, keeping your cells alive, all that stuff. That's where you burn most of your energy. And so, uh, you know, my work, I'm an anthropologist by training. Uh, I'm a physiologist, you know, that's kind of like my niche in anthropology is, is how our bodies function physiologically and how evolution shaped that, how that works today. Okay, so I want to know how the body works. I want to know how it works in, in different lifestyles. And um, I want to know about it because of all the things that energy means, because energy means everything. You know, it's a kind of like the central thing you'd want to know about any organism, how, how it burns its calories. And so it, I guess it shouldn't be surprising, although it is, that lifestyle really doesn't change energy expenditure much because your body, rather than sort of spending more or less energy uh, per day, juggles the way it spends those calories. Mm. Uh, so, you know, the, the, the big, re, the big uh, study that kicked this off for us um, was doing this work with hunting and gathering, a hunting and gathering population in Northern Tanzania called the Hadza. And what a cool opportunity. And, and I, I write about them a lot in the book because it's just so fun working there. And again, you know, uh, I think about human evolution. I'm worried about you know, how evolution shaped our past. That's my focus. And well, our past was hunting and gathering, right? For 2 million years, humans are hunting and gathering. And so if you want to know what that's like, you got to go find a population that's still doing it. We work with the Hadza who's still hunting and gather in Tanzania. And they're really, really, really physically active. They get as much activity in a day as we get in a week here in the US. Uh, and so we were sure that they'd burn tons of more calories than we do. But, but no, actually, when we got the data back, the shocker was, you know, it's the same number of calories as you and me. So it just goes to show you lifestyle doesn't affect our expenditure the way we think it does. Which is, it's just so interesting because it seems so counterintuitive based on how we've lived our lives for so long. You know, like the more you do, you should burn more calories. Just theoretically, that's what makes sense, right? Yeah. So it's it's just yeah. fascinating to think that the body does not agree with that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, well, you're, you're, uh, that's absolutely right. But again, you know, we're taught a really simplistic way of, 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 Metabolism. Like it's all about activity and it's all about, well, no, man, your body, your body has one job as far as, as evolution is concerned, and that's to reproduce, right? And so like all the systems are integrated to survive and reproduce. Um, activity is a piece of that. It's an important piece of that, but it's not the whole thing. And so here we are, we're, we're pushing this one little piece of it around our activity levels. And we're thinking we're going to change the whole system. And the whole system laughs at us and goes, ha ha ha. <laughs> no, we're, <laughs> We're just going to adjust a little bit and you do that. That's great. you be active. You should be. Um, but no, we're, thank you very much. We won't be changing how many calories we burn every day. So yeah. I guess explain to me, and maybe this is a stupid question, but bear with me. When you have people like say the rock or Michael Phelps who notoriously yeah. eat thousands of calories a day. And yes, they exercise like mad as well in my head, based on what we're talking about, it would make sense that they would also be humongously large, overweight people. 
Yeah. yeah so how does yeah. that so how does two, that make sense? Two things. For this is the Michael Phelps question, and I, and I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> You're, uh, I, I guess you've gotten it before. <laughs> yeah. No, this is and it was you know this question was like the, uh, the, the this was the question that I had a really hard time with uh, for a while because you know again our research says it doesn't matter what your lifestyle is you burn the same number of calories, and people will say well what about Michael Phelps well. First of all, interesting fact about Michael Phelps, it said, you know, the, the whole story that he burns 12,000 calories a day or whatever, turns out that was completely made up by his marketing team. <laughs> of course. Because it's totally a bluff. But, okay, so still, he does burn probably, you know, seven or 8,000 calories a day uh, when he's training. Yes. Okay, now that's the tricky bit, right? That's the tricky bit. So you can raise that metabolic ceiling. We're all living, you know, we can think about it. We're all living kind of on a fixed income, 2,500 calories to 3,000 calories a day. By the way, it's not 2,000 calories a day, but that's another conversation. <laughs> um, but our fixed income, okay, we can raise that for a while because you, you can do the Tour de France and that for that month, you're burning 6,000, 7,000 calories a day. You can run a Kona triathlon, Kona Ironman triathlon. And for those, you know, thousands of calories just in that day. Okay. But it turns out that as you go from, you know, a half day triathlon to a month long tour de France to we, in our lab, we, we measured these folks that ran from Los Angeles to Washington, DC for five months, a marathon yeah. a day. That was a, a crazy fun experiment. Um, it, the, the level that you're able to maintain goes down, down, down as you have to go do it for longer and longer and longer. Uh, and sort of that, that, that ceiling kind of, it's like a sloped ceiling of what your body's able to do. And the slope comes down, down, down as you have to go for longer and longer and longer. And so that at the end, you know, the sort of what you are able to do for months and years and years and years and daily life then ends up being the same cap for everybody, which is why, right? Aha, we've discovered the same thing again, coming in from a different direction. That this is this, we all have this fixed income. That is what it is, you know, 25 to 3,000 calories a day. Is that kind of, is that kind of like the plateau that you hear about when people are exercising or trying to lose weight where yeah. like you do it for a little while and then all of a sudden like, oh, wait, I stopped losing weight now. What's going on? This is your body yeah. kind of saying, OK, we've figured out this process. We know what yeah. you're up to. And now we're going to screw you. Congratulations. <laughs> you've done the experiment. Yeah. Right. You've done the experiment and uh, and your body adjusted just like we expect it to. And it took a couple months. Right. So like you know, a couple months in, you're like, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's it. There you go. Congratulations. It, yep. it is so interesting. I mean, it, it, it all comes down to food. And I know that over time, food has changed and, and food um, has become more available. Different foods have become more available. And I know one thing that I've, I've seen in your work is talking about like cheat days, for example. Like you, you don't really want to mess with what your body is doing. Like this idea of like a cheat day kind of throws your body off in a different way than just say, you know, adding more calories. You're really confusing it at the same time. Yeah, I mean, your body kind of gets ready to, to expect a certain lifestyle. That's why it takes a while to adjust, right? Yeah. Because your body is sort of still thinking that what you did yesterday is a pretty good indicator of what you'll do today. It takes a while to adjust. Um, the cheat days thing, you know, I think people are going to get further. And this gets into where, you know, look, uh, I'm an anthropologist, right? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not planning your diet for you. That's not the idea. The, the idea behind the book is understand the principles of how things work. But yeah. Uh, something like a cheat day, okay, you're basically dump piling calories into the system. And, you know, and maybe it's different foods as well. And it would be better if you could just find a diet that you like already and didn't feel like you needed to cheat, you know? Um, 
there's an analogy there to marriage or something. I'm not sure, but you know, it'd be better if you could just find <laughs> find a partner you don't need to cheat on. That would be the thing to do <laughs> rather than giving yourself weekends off. You know, um, that, so I, that that's my suggestion. And you know, that diet can look like a lot of different things. A lot of different people. That could be a high protein, meat heavy diet. That could be a high fiber, plant heavy diet. That could be Mediterranean and something in between. You know, um, the diet that makes you feel uh, satisfied as a partner and as a life partner, <laughs> uh, it's going to be different depending on, on kind of how you're wired. You've mentioned metabolism a couple of times, and I do feel like as we get older, that word comes into play a lot. Like I, I wish I had your book five years ago because I, mm. I turned 40 recently. And I remember when I turned 35, it was like, my body said, thanks for playing. We're, we're out. We're not going to do. And, you know, I, and there were so many things I was, I was running, I was running eight to 10 half marathons a year, um, oh, wow. exercising like crazy, but I, I've always been a bigger person. So I was trying to lose weight at the same time, maybe not taking in as many calories as I should have trying to do, you know, doing the stereotypical, eat a little bit less exercise more and you'll lose weight. And I started gaining weight rapidly. Mm. And it was, it was mm -hmm. crazy. And I went to the doctor and nobody really had any, you know, idea what was going on. You know, I had to kind of find my own way to sort of level out and figure out how to be healthy again. But I, I no one really thought about talking about this metabolism idea and the way that like, we didn't have this information <laughs> five years <laughs> ago. And I really wish that I had is what I'm getting to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, you know, um, it takes a while to write a book. What can I say? I know. Come on, <laughs> Dr. Ponzo, you're killing me here. <laughs> no, but I mean, metabolism is something that you hear a lot about and people will say like, yeah. Oh, it changes or it's slowed down or whatever, but we kind of have more control over it than we think. Well, I, yeah. Uh, you have control over what you put in your house. And what's in your fridge, right? Um, you have control over uh, how you spend the calories, right? You can spend them on exercise and if, rather than spending them on inflammation, for example. Yeah. Because if you exercise, those calories do that instead of inflammation or stress reactivity. Um, it's kind of hard to change the top line number, right? If, you're, if your body burns 3,000 calories a day, uh, you're going to have a hard time changing that number in a meaningful way. Um, and you have a hard time keeping track of calories in. And that's why, you know, this sort of search for the diet that works for you is such a personal thing because, you know, one of the cool things that, that has come out of metabolism research in the last 10 years, all of the genes that are related to obesity, right? You have this variant of this gene or this variant of that gene or whatever, all those genes that, that are related to obesity, guess where they're active? They're active in your brain. Right. Cause, cause that's where the rubber hits the road. You know, that's where, do I feel full? Do I need to ramp up my metabolism or ramp it down? Right. All of those decisions are getting made uh, in your brain in, in parts of your brain that you don't have access to, by the way, you can't sort of think your way through it. Um, and so, you, you know, giving yourself a diet, putting a food in your house that makes you feel full on a healthy number of calories. That's, that's, I think what you probably have the most control of in terms of energy in. It is fascinating how much food can impact your brain. Um, mm. There are so many different studies and so many different examples, but uh, one that I've heard you give, I listened to a different podcast that you were on and you talked about a study where uh, people were eating, I think it was processed versions of foods oh, yeah. and then whole food versions of the same things. And, and they were monitored how they felt about it. You could probably give a little bit more detail, but it's fascinating how, how much those processed foods impacted a person's brain. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is uh, that was actually that was done just down the road from you guys in Bethesda at the NIH, and um, it's this really cool study, really cleverly done. You take you know, folks come in, volunteer for this study off the street. Um, 
for two weeks, they're fed an unprocessed food diet. So the whole foods, the kind of things, you know, whole meats and, and uh, veggies and that kind of stuff. And then the next two weeks, they're fed a, a processed food diet. So packaged foods, you know, macaroni and cheese out of a box and that kind of stuff. Um, and, or, you know, and some, some of them start with a processed food and switch to the unprocessed food. So they balance it out, do it a very, you know, the smart, clever way to do it. And sure enough, when people are eating the processed foods, and I should say ultra processed foods, we're talking about, you know, the stuff with a long list of ingredients yeah. and an ad campaign, um, they, people gain weight, even in those just two weeks, people are gaining weight, gaining weight, gaining weight. And on the unprocessed food diets, they're actually losing weight on average over those two weeks. And so, you know, the, the diets are matched for how much carbs are in there. People say, oh, carbs are evil. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, too much of anything is bad for you. But those, they're matched for how much carbs are in there. They're matched for how much protein is in there, how much fat's in there, all that stuff. And still, the fact that it's processed and basically engineered in a laboratory to be overeaten, surprise, surprise, people overeat them, <laughs> right? And so uh, it's not, it, it, none of this stuff, is shocking in the sense that like, yeah, guess what? If you eat bad food, it's, it's bad for you. Right. But on the, on the other hand, um, kind of breaking it apart, trying to, to, to kind of clarify all this, all, all the parts fit together. I think there is really value in that because there's so much, you know, BS out there and fad diets and, and people taking advantage of the fact that people don't really, don't really understand how it works. I think it's important to kind of shed some light on this stuff. For sure. And I don't want to get lost on this subject because I've got a couple other things I want to talk to you about. But I, I did I have a friend who was really interested in fad diets. And I it was one of those moments where I just I don't know, I didn't have an answer for what they said to me. Yeah. But uh, this person looked at me and I was offering them um, some fruit. and They said, well, there's sugar in fruit. And if I'm going to waste my calories on sugar, I'm just going to have a Snickers bar instead. And I was like, <laughs> listen back to what you just said to me. You're going to pass yeah. up fresh strawberries from a farmer's market because you are comparing them to a Snickers bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, that's just it. That's when we talk about like, we talk about food or nutrients, like they're villains or they're superheroes. You get to these ridiculous conclusions, like, yeah, like that, like you ought to eat a Snickers bar is just as good as a strawberry, you know? Right. Um, and come on guys, I think I think we know that that's not really the it's, case. It's, it's right? sugar, but it's different sugar, I think. I think we can well, agree. it's coming with fiber. <laughs> right, that's, exactly. That's the trick right there, yeah. right? It's packaged along with fiber and fiber makes you feel full on less. Right. I mean, it, it isn't really too the, the, the principles. If you can stick to the principles, right. This is a principles book. It's not a menu book. It's right. a principles book. And hopefully people walk away thinking, oh, okay, now I kind of get how it works. Now I can kind of take control of it a little bit myself. And you talk about in the book about physical activity in general. And uh, yeah. one thing is just about how, and we all know this, but how we've become so sedentary because things have become so readily available and easier for us to get. You know, this uh, group of folks that you're working with in Tanzania, the hunter and gatherers, their life revolves around finding what they need to eat. Like they have mm -hmm. to work. And there is a limited supply as well. I mean, they're going to be having essentially the same things over and over again. Whereas us as humans, if I want pizza on Monday and a cheeseburger on Tuesday, I can do that. If I want, you know, to have yeah. breakfast for dinner on Wednesday, yeah. I can do that too. So it's our, our lives have shifted in such a way where it's, I don't know, activity needs to be, we need to increase our activity, but not necessarily to the gym. It's more about being less sedentary. Yeah. Can you get active throughout the day, every day? You know, um, the, the Haza population who I work with, you mentioned, you know, they don't, they don't quote unquote exercise, right? right. The idea that, that you'd go to the gym it would be silly to them. But they're just, that's just part is woven into their lives, you know? And so I think to the extent that we can do that, man, that's, that's the ticket right there because, um, 
just racking up those minutes on your feet, moving, being active, whether that's walking your dog or walking to the store rather than, you know, getting in your car. Um, those are all things that are going to help out a lot. We're built to move. Yeah. I mean, a very important point is that we're built to move. I, I saw you reference like, like sharks, like sharks are built to move. They cannot stop swimming. You know, that, that's what their yeah. bodies are for, but essentially yeah. we've, we've stopped moving our bodies, you know, and, and granted right now, as an example, we're in a pandemic and a lot of people have had to shift the way they do things. Yeah. Me normally doing uh, my work from a studio where I would probably be standing up or I'd be switching rooms and moving around a little bit. Now I'm in my mm -hmm. basement. And I'm doing yeah. all my interviews in a chair, just trying to fit in amongst the laundry. So, so life is just very different for us. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. And, and the stress act components, not, you know, you can't overlook that either. Um, you know, pandemic stress is real and fatigue is real. And, you know, when we, we have our moods affected that way, it affects the way that we, you know, relate to food, you know, stress eating sure. is a real thing. Um, and it's just hard for everybody. Uh, but, you know, hopefully we get through this. And, and uh, I got my first vaccine the other day. Nice. My first shot. So I hope everybody goes out and gets theirs. And, you know, we'll get on the other side of this and, and get back to normal life again. I can't wait for that. I'm looking forward to my number being called, hopefully soon. My wife's got both of hers because she's a teacher. So I'm a little jealous of her. But, uh, awesome. you know, I want to make awesome. sure the right people get it first. I'm all I'm fine with waiting in line as long as the right people get theirs first. Yeah. That's the important thing. Uh, when you were doing your research, uh, with the, I, I can't, I really need to write down this name because I'm going to say it wrong anyway, but the, the hunter and gatherer tribe. Yeah. The Hadza, the yep. Hadza. Thank you. The Hadza. When you were doing your research with the Hadza, what was something that really surprised you that you weren't expecting to find? You know, um, we weren't expecting to find that they burn the same number of calories as we do. I mean, that was a shocker because right. They're really physically active and yet they're burning the same number of calories. So that, you know, that was an amazing shock to us, but I think even more than that, you know, when you go out and you travel, remember right back when we could travel? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, um, you know, you travel and whether it's Hadza land or, or you know, going to Niagara Falls or whatever it is, like going to the town next door, like just seeing new things and new people uh, helps you appreciate your own life better. Um, and I'll say with the Hadza, you know, it's so different. The lifestyle is so, so different. They live in grass houses in the middle of the savannah. You know, they eat zebra. <laughs> uh, it's it's so different. And so, you know, when you first get there and you're kind of knocked over by the differences and then eventually you kind of, you begin to notice the similarities. And that's what I think is cool that the kids are running around. The kids are just like my kids, Yeah. you know, the men and women are talking to each other and it's just like any other, you know, office water cooler scene of people talking and, and arguing about whatever, joking about whatever. And, and like just the common humanity there and how we're kind of all the same. Um, I, that's, I think what I take away. Uh, so it isn't the sort of exotic differences. It's like, Oh, wow. We're all just people. That's kind of fun. I do. Uh, I love the idea. There are still people that live that way, you know, like in this, yeah. in this world, as rapidly as it's changing and it's growing and cities are expanding and people are moving to different. I love that there are still groups of people like the Hadza that exist that are doing the same thing they've been doing for thousands of years. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think um, people ask, well, why don't they change? And you think, well, well, you're in Baltimore there. You'll be familiar with this. I grew up in Pennsylvania. So, you know, um, you know, the Amish cultures, yeah. right? And some are more sort of traditional than others, but there are a lot of really traditional Amish groups that really stick to that. You know, it's basically a 1700s farming lifestyle, you know, and they really stick to it. And they know, they know about the cars that are zipping by and they know about everything else. 
But they say, you know what? No, we love what we do. We're proud of this. We're going to stick to it. Uh, and the Hods are similar in that way. You know, they, they know about the outside world. And they're as, they're as modern as you and I are. If they want to do, they could, they could move into the town or the village. I mean, they're just, they're just folks. But, um, but they're really proud of, of their lifestyle. They kind of understand how different it is, you know? And um, so it's really fun to work with them that way because it's just what a, what a cool group of folks and what a neat opportunity. And, um, and they're, just, they're just a happy, joyful you know, welcoming group of people. It's really fun. <laughs> Sometimes I'm a little jealous, uh, you know, hearing you describe that. I'm a little jealous of them because I, I would love to live in an area where I could just walk to the grocery store, pick up a few things and, and come yeah. home or walk to the market or do, but it's yeah. just, you know, where I live, I live in a decent neighborhood, but you know, to get to the grocery store, I got to walk through a couple areas. I don't really think I want to walk through with bags of groceries, yeah. you know, or I you don't want to walk yeah. my kid through that area in a stroller or something, you yeah. know, and, and, and it's, it's just, you know, unfortunately we've designed a life where being active and walking to get these things is not, is not yep. very conducive. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we engineered this world, we can, we can re-engineer it. You know, I think that's, that's the hopeful thing. Some places uh, are, you know, which is a good thing to see. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like it's, there's no easy fixes and anybody who says there is, is probably selling you something. And, and uh, I think, you know, whether it's urban design or whether it's the food that you put in your fridge, you got to know the principles. Once you understand how the principles work and how it all works together, then you can begin kind of engineering, modifying, manipulating all that. So I don't know. My wife's an architect. And um, so we talk about this a lot, like walkable cities and where'd you get, you know, how easy is it to get to the, to the good food? Cause the corner store is right there, sure. you know, the, uh, and so it's, it's interesting how that all kind of comes together. Um, and, you know, and it, it was fun writing a book about energy because it really does weave through all these aspects of our lives, everything from exercise to diet to sort of how we build a city. It is really eye-opening because I think about, you know, my Apple watch that tells me how many calories I burn when I exercise. And yeah, I get yeah, it. Yeah. It's an activity tracker on a wrist. You know, yeah. I understand the, the the things that are probably wrong with that. But, you know, I'll right. do a 30-minute workout that I feel like I just, I'm dead afterwards. You know, I'm sweating, yeah. dripping. And I'm like, I only burned 212 calories. And that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've got to be kidding me, you know. And it, yeah. But then you, yeah. you look at the activity tracker later in the day and, you, and the, you know, you take those 212 out. And I'm like, how did I burn another 1,000 calories just with my normal day? But that's that's the human body. And the human body yeah. is trying, you know, it's working. There's a lot going on that you don't see. Yep. Yep. Your brain runs a 5k every day, right? 300 calories a yeah. day for your brain. That's the same as a 5k. Um, and it just goes to show that there's just so much going on. Yep. Well, Dr. Ponser, this book is, uh, is really interesting. Like I said before, I had to skip around a little bit uh, for this conversation, but I'm looking forward to really, you know, digesting a lot, a uh, huh, little pun, digesting a lot of what goes on in the book. It's called burn new research blows the lid off how we really burn calories, lose weight and stay healthy. If somebody wants to find out more information about you or the book, is there a place they should go to check it out? Sure. The book is available anywhere you buy books. So, you know, your corner book, independent bookstore, check them out or go to Amazon if you have to, or Target or whatever. Uh, it's all there everywhere. And then if you want to find out more about uh, what we're doing here in the lab, you can check us out at the Ponser Lab at, you know, at Duke online. Um, and the Hadza, uh, if you want to find out more about them, uh, you can go to hadzafund.org, H-A-D-Z-A-F-U-N-D.org. And you can find out about the work we do there you can find about um, ways that we give back uh, to that community and more about their culture too well dr ponser thank you so much for your time i really appreciate you thank you 
Thank you to Dr. Herman Ponser for his time. I really appreciate that. Truly eye-opening research and information. I would definitely suggest this book to anyone trying to educate themselves on how the body burns calories. Specifically, if you or someone you know uh, happens to be a personal trainer or someone in that field, please pass this on to them. It might help them out a lot. Also, thank you for taking some time with me today. I appreciate your time listening. I uh, really appreciate you so much. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and please leave a rating and review if you don't mind. Until next time, be well.